So I'm speaking today on the five senses of the spirit. We have five physical senses, and as far as God is concerned, there are five spiritual senses. And those senses are mirrored spiritually as senses of blessing and faith from God to us and from us back to God and to one another. When these scriptures were written in the Old Testament, scriptures like the eyes of the Lord go to and fro and I have stretched out my hand to you. These Old Testament sayings were from a God who didn't have a body. He was a pure spirit. But we know what he was saying. There's a spiritual meaning in those things that God said. So we look at things like uh, taste and touch and hearing and, and seeing and so on. And so well, what is the spiritual meaning of those? I want to look at those today. So I'm going to start with the sense of smell. And I'll read a scripture, Philippians 4, verse 18, where Paul's speaking to the Philippians and he says, I've received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice well-pleasing to God. God was in heaven and something is rising up to him through an act of faith and blessing. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ amongst those who are being saved and among those who are dying on the inside, perishing, wasted, ruining of a life. Continuous tense. So the sense of smell is linked to the part of the brain called the olfactory system which affects our emotions and our memory. I can remember the smell of the peanut butter and honey sandwiches that mum packed for me when I was in kindergarten. Every time I get that smell, there I am on the little walkway going to get my lunchbox. <laughs> it brings so much back. The blessing of God to us through the spiritual sense of smell is through adding a richness and a depth to our spiritual perceptions and our remembrance of certain occasions. The Bible says in the Psalms through David that our praise and prayers rise up to him like a sweet incense whereby we can bless God. So yes, we've got a physical sense of smell, but God receives this as an aroma of blessing and faith. He's also blessed when we give to another person sacrificially, like with the Philippians, and bless them in some way in their time of need, just as Paul was blessed by that church. And that brings heaven's sweetness to the earth, your act in somebody else's need and something flows from you and that goes up to God as a, an acceptable sacrifice that pleases him. 
Paul also says that God's blessed by the fragrance of Christ living through us that in certain ways it touches the lives of people whose souls are being saved. It's an atmosphere. It's an aroma. It does something sweet in the air. It brings something rich, sometimes powerful, and it touches those who are being saved. And in other ways it touches those who are dying on the inside perishing. As we speak life into the death of their inner lives in order to draw them into life. Something's happening that's going up to heaven at that time and into the spirit of people. Let's have a look at the sense of sight. In Matthew 5 verse 8, Jesus is speaking to the multitudes about the, the, the blessings, the Beatitudes. And he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. He's telling people here that when people have a blameless heart of trust, blessed, the pure in heart, like a little child, trusting in the truth of God being with them, then in every circumstances of their lives, they will see God in those things. That's our spiritual eyesight, seeing God. Even if those things are difficult and problematic, our natural eyes will see trouble. Our emotions will get fear. But from a pure heart of trust and faith, we see God. We see him doing something that we couldn't do. It allows us to live in the hope that God is working all things together for good. What? This problem? Make it go away, Lord. Well, I'm going to do that, but not in a way that you would have perhaps planned. Not your strategy. Trust me. See me in it. Don't give up in despair. Don't look the other way. Don't look down. Look up. Don't feel that I've overlooked you or forgotten you. I'm seeing you, God says. And I want you to see me. There's our sense of sight. And then we get to the sense of hearing. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Isn't it wonderful to have the word of God? And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, Paul writes again, bring every thought into captivity to the attentive hearing of Christ, the obedience Hupakoe or hypakoe, which means to listen under. Bring your thoughts into the into captivity to listening, to hearing what God is saying, what Jesus is saying. So it's not just a function of knowing what a person is saying. You can say, Well, I heard that, yeah. Oh, hang on, did you really hear it? 
Did you hear what I said? That's what mothers say to children sometimes. Yeah, I heard you. Well, no, you didn't really. In this situation, it is, it's an acknowledgement, not just of what's being said, but it's who is saying it. Man, when somebody that you trust and, and believe in is saying something to you personally, you want to hear it. And having a willingness to let that guide us. Now, when we bring our thoughts into captivity to the attentive hearing of God, he guides our lives and transforms us. If I'm sharing with a person who wants change in their lives, I encourage them to just humbly go to the Lord and share with him the intention of their heart. I want to hear what you're saying to me, Lord. Like David said, search me, O God, and know me. Look at my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. And that word wicked, O seal, is pain, painful ways and hurtful ways. And I can encourage a person, if you say that prayer like David did, which is translated, Oh Lord, you search me and you tell me about me so that I know about me too. I want to know. And if I can have a person motivated to do that, then what I say to them is, now that you've done that, I'll give you, I'll tell you confidently that if you ask God to tell you, and if you ask God to show you his spiritual answer and give you faith that will come by hearing what he's going to say, you will get that. That will come. Don't let the thoughts run away. Bring them captive there and you will hear what God is saying and you'll get the answer to your prayer. Ask and you'll receive. That's very much in that context. The sense of taste. Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. And then in Matthew chapter 5 again, one of the Beatitudes of Jesus, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. God wants us to be filled and fulfilled and to give us a hunger. Everything that goes into us as food has to go through our mouth, <laughs> has to be tasted. What God gives us, he said, you taste and see that what I'm giving you is good. When we taste of the spiritual things of God that have uprightness and wisdom and mercy that he's prepared for us to eat and drink of, they bring about fulfilment and strength in our spiritual lives. Jesus said, I've got food that you don't know about. The disciples wanted to give him 
their takeaway lunch. They'd got into a town while he was sitting at the well talking to a lady. And they thought he must be hungry and they had food. He said, no, no, I've got food that you don't know of. My food is to do the will of my father. That's what strengthens me and sustains me in my soul, even in my body. He said, I get an energy from that. Everything in the body can be translated into a spiritual blessing of faith. We might have appetites for things, perhaps not good for us. We still eat them and taste them. Sometimes they taste good, but maybe they're not doing good. But the things that God has prepared for us are always good. And they're what we will begin to develop a hunger and thirst for, not just an appetite, a hunger. I need to hear you, God. Our hunger for righteousness means that we want our will and our choices to be in alignment with God, upright, with the wisdom and knowledge of God. Our thirst for righteousness, the water has to be tasted too, is for our heart and emotions to be in alignment with the desires of his heart, for truth and love and mercy. He would cry out to people as he did when he went to the Feast of Tabernacles and took over and began to talk when the great final word was about to come from the, from the chosen priest to say, come to the waters and drink. Jesus stood up and he said, all you that thirst, come to me and drink of me. <laughs> Rivers of living water will flow out of you. He's waiting for us to take those life-giving streams. And that means being satisfied, not just with the truth, the uprightness, the wisdom and the knowledge, but satisfied with his heart's desires for us. Uh, his heart's desire for us that satisfies, not just being gratified in our souls, but satisfied in the spirit. Not just something we can get for ourselves, but something we can get from God. The sense of touch. Luke 16. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. For power went out from him and healed them all. Habakkuk 3 verse 4. Prophetic about Jesus. He has power flashing from his hand. And in his hand is the hiding of his power. When the people drew near to Jesus to be close to him, this is the multitude wanted to touch him. Power went out from him. What they were doing is they were wanting to be drawn into the presence of God. The touch of God is the presence of God. It is drawing near. They pressed to come near and touch him. As they drew near, some of them were lucky enough to touch him. And God wants us to know that he has his hand upon our lives. We think, I want to touch the Lord. I want to get into his presence. Well, you do, you draw near. But God is saying, I want to touch you. I want to be with you in the presence that we have together. It's a two-way thing. 
He says, I've got my hand on your lives. When that happens, Jesus releases the power and the love and the healing touch that's hidden in his hand. We're going to have communion today. Right now, actually. And I'm going to finish with a scripture from Hebrews. So let us draw near to God with a true heart and full assurance of faith. That's coming into his presence. And let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And then let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our gatherings together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. That's Hebrews 10, 22 to 24. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I didn't write that, God did. And I want to re-emphasise it. The day of the Lord and his return is drawing near. The only thing is I don't know when. But it's always a little closer. But he wants people in that disposition of being in his presence until the perfect day. He's drawing us closer and closer. So we'll do that as we have communion. Amen.